0: In this episode of Savvy Agent Podcast, we're going to talk about how to avoid goal burnout. So I don't know about you, but it is March and I'm already a little burnout on this year. I know that that's going around like the flu. So let's talk about how we can avoid goal burnout with this one thing. Are you ready? Welcome to the Savvy Agent Podcast, where we help real estate agents build a thriving business so they have financial freedom in their life without having to work 24 seven. I'm your host, Heather Wright. Now let's get to it. Okay. So you're probably thinking, okay, this one thing, Heather, what is the one thing that I can do to avoid goal burnout? And it's simple. It's not really, I don't know, it takes practice to execute and become a habit. And it's definitely not sexy. (laughs) So the one thing you can do to avoid burnout, and of course, burnout is because we're trying to reach a goal is to set boundaries. Okay, so let's talk about the agent who has too many clients. I know what a horrible problem, right? But it is a real problem. Because you work and work and work to fill your sales pipeline, and sometimes it's like that awful roller coaster where you are at the bottom of the roller coaster, you have no clients, so you're posting on social media, you're doing all the things, you're making your calls, you're working your follow-ups, and then you're at the top of the roller coaster, and then everybody goes under contract, and now you have to work all of those people (laughs) to closing, and before you know it, you're again at the bottom of the roller coaster with no leads or clients or sales. So it is a very tricky problem to manage. But let's say you're in the position right now where you're at the top of the roller coaster, and you have too many clients. What I mean by too many clients is you're out showing homes late, like at 745, 815, 845 at night, like, Wow. I mean, do they do showings after that? I usually don't ever have a request for a showing after nine o'clock. I think my lockbox hours go until 11 PM, but I would be shocked if somebody wanted to show a house that late. I know that I'm not good at seven forty-five at night. I don't even like to write offers at night because ugh, my brain is just done. It is fried for the day. And sometimes I have to write offers and sometimes it's like nine, 10 o'clock at night. And I know that there's going to be a mistake in that offer. And I hate that, but sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. But if you find yourself every single day for a few weeks on end, like it's one thing if it is a temporary situation, but if you are totally burning out because you are killing yourself showing homes to too many buyer clients, then that is a need to set a boundary. And the boundary might be that you only have enough bandwidth for X number of clients, which sucks because you have done a lot of work to nurture that lead to become a client. So there are definitely a lot of ways that you can handle setting these boundaries. You could create a team. You could have another agent, one on your team who you use as a buyer agent, and you pass those people off to, and they don't have to feel like they got dumped by you. There's a nice way that you can transition that buyer to work with your buyer's agent. But maybe you don't want to be a team, but you still have like all these people that realistically, you just can't really handle because you're killing yourself. You're spending all this time showing homes and writing contracts and all of the things that go into having too many buyer clients at once. And someone is going to have a disservice here. It's definitely going to be you and it's possibly going to be one or more of your clients. So have you ever had a vacation buddy? I have had vacation buddies at the office, people who would cover my work for me when I go out of town. So maybe you have an overflow buddy, somebody who is happy to work with your clients, maybe, you know, agents in your office, you know, if they have a business that's similar to yours or not. So then you could trust that my vacation buddy was Rodney. I would trust Rodney to work with any one of my buyer clients because I know he's really good at his job. Yes, he does things differently than I do, but I trust 100%. So I could absolutely set the boundary to say, I only work with so many clients. I don't want to have a team, but I do have an overflow buddy. And you wouldn't say that to your client, but you would maybe say, oh, my partner, Rodney. Rodney and then you hand him off and you can still stay involved because of course you're going to get a referral fee so you still stay involved you can still stay in touch with that client you can reach out to them periodically maybe you have a lull in your busy time and so you can go on the showing with Rodney or maybe Rodney just helps you on a busy night and you work out a favor structure maybe you know you cover for him he covers for you or maybe you give him a percentage a cut of the deal whatever makes sense for both of you But that is definitely one way that you can handle transitioning those clients out of your schedule because your schedule is too jam-packed to take them on. Having a team is one way to do that. But if you don't have a team and you create a team just for this busy time, well, that could prove to add a lot more problems to your life than just having a buddy at the office help you out with your overflow. You could also set boundaries by geography. So maybe you only work a certain section of your area, or you know, uh, you know. I'm in the Midwest, so we naturally cover a large area. Plus, it's sort of a a smallish city. So my boundary for when I do showings, actually, when I do anything, is 30 minutes. <laughs> if I have to drive more than 30 minutes to get to where you want to look at a house, I'm probably going to be pissed off by the time I get there. That's just how I am. I know who I am, and I'm going to be angry. <laughs> so. I don't go more than 30 minutes. Somebody called me to list their house in Carlisle. You don't know where that is, but it is 35 minutes away. And I hate Carlisle. I mean, I really hope people who love Carlisle aren't listening to this, but it's one of those areas that's just close enough. People want me to go to it, but it's just far enough away that I don't have a clue of what's actually happening in that town. So a boundary I've set for myself is no, say no to Carlisle, refer it out. So can you set boundaries based on geography? You could also set boundaries based on maybe the price range that they're looking at. You know, are you going to refer out your million dollar buyer versus your hundred thousand dollar buyer? Well, I mean, it makes sense. And I'm talking dollars and cents to keep the million dollar buyer. Like we know that the lower the price and those baby deals that boy, hundred thousand is still a lot of money but those sales are getting very, very, very difficult. And it takes so much extra work to get through them because they have title issues. They have so many problems at inspection. Like there's so much that goes into that. And of course you get paid less. So when you are thinking about who you're going to eliminate from your schedule, maybe you base some of those decisions on type of property. If you are somebody who lives in a high rise building, Maybe well in that sort of geography too, but you maybe stay in your building, or maybe you hate high rises, or you hate townhomes, you hate condos, because again, there's a lot of extra work because you always have to check the rules for can they allow pets? Do they allow rentals? What are all the rules? Are you know so there's um there's a little bit of extra red tape that is involved in a association purchase. And so maybe that is something you just do not want to do anymore. And you could set that boundary. I'm sorry, I specialize in single family residential homes. And so I would be doing you a disservice by helping you purchase this condo because I actually don't know what I'm talking about. I would be doing you a disservice in Carlisle because I'm unfamiliar with that area. So let me help you find somebody who is familiar with Carlisle or who is an expert in condos or associations. So there's a way that you can hand them off without them feeling like I'm not special enough to work with this person. Now, if you already have the people in your schedule, I totally get how the handoff is difficult. And so like my friend Gina says, I think the only way to solve this problem is to get through the problem. And so sometimes that is absolutely the case. But then you still need to like evaluate the situation and what happened and if I had to do it all over again what would I change and do differently. So maybe it's uncomfortable for you to set the boundary to then execute it today, but maybe it's something that you need to think about doing as soon as you get through this particular problem. Another type of boundary that you should set is saying no to people you know you don't want to work with. You don't have to say yes to everything. You don't have to say yes to every client. You don't have to say yes to every buyer or every seller, especially the people who you already know who they are. The people who were horrible to you three years ago when you helped them buy the house and they call you to help you sell the house. What makes you think that they're going to be nice all of a sudden? Mm -mm. They might seem nice. It might appear as though they have forgotten their horrible manners from three years ago, but that Horrid person still lives inside them and it will come out by the end of the transaction. So you do not have to work with them, but you can certainly refer them to your overflow buddy. I probably wouldn't refer them to somebody on your team because you're still going to have to fix that problem (laughs) when they make your buyer's agent or your listing agent on your team cry. So maybe get them just far enough away from you that you get paid, but you don't have to actually solve any of their problems. So learning how to say no is a great boundary. And it doesn't necessarily apply to just buyers and sellers, but lenders who want to have lunch with you so that they can try and talk you into doing business with them. Well, you can say no to them too. Maybe you have, maybe you're very popular to go to lunch. And so if that's a problem for you, then maybe you set a new boundary for yourself that you only have one social lunch per week, or you only have one business lunch available in this set period of time. And so you can use calendars for that. So you could use Calendly, which would be like you can have a specific calendar using Calendly for your available lunch times. And you can set up rules so that only so many show up. And if you have already booked Oh, I'm not sure what all the rules are. But like if you have booked a lunch this week, don't show any more lunches this week, only show three choices on the calendar times for them to choose from various things like that. So I'm not looking at the Calendly app right now. I know they have that capability. And Calendly is one of many scheduling programs. I actually started using Motion, which is sort of a productivity tool app software. I'm not really sure what exactly you would call it. But it also comes with a scheduling link where I think the rules are actually a little bit more easy to customize on Motion than they are on Calendly. But of course, it's a little bit more expensive because they have more functionality within the program that they're offering. So that was a little side note bonus for you on some software to help manage your life. But back to the boundaries. One thing that I know I consistently learn you just have those lessons that, dang it, no matter what, I forget it. And then I have to learn it again and again and again, one day it will stick. But maybe you also suffer from this problem. And it is ownership of all of the work you have to do all of the things yourself. Okay, well, first of all, that's not true. And that's actually not my problem. But my recommendation is to farm that out, get a transaction coordinator, they are paid, per closing. So you don't even have to pay them until you have a closing and they get paid at closing just like you. And then if you need more assistance after you have a transaction coordinator, maybe it's time to think about getting an assistant. And then here's the problem that I have. Sometimes I find myself doing the work for my TC or for my assistant, because it's just easier if I send the file than if I forward it to them and tell them to send the file. Or God forbid, it's a training situation and I have to train somebody how to do something. I'll just do it myself and we'll deal with the training later. But of course, the training later never actually happens. And so I'm just constantly in this weird juxtaposition where I have staff to be able to do this stuff for me. And yet I don't let them do it. It's nuts. I tell you. So set the boundary. What do you need to do? If you know who you are, I know who I am. I know this is a problem that I have. And if you know who you are and that this is an issue you struggle with, what can you do to make it better? Can you take 10 minutes to record a Loom video and send it over? Can you, um, gosh, I have a VA who actually is going to be editing this podcast for me. But my VA, when I empowered her to do the research and solve the problem herself, it was incredible because I was overwhelmed because. I have to record the podcast. I have to write the content for the social media posts. I have to approve the design work that she does. I have to write the description for the podcast. I have to write the email. (laughs) Oh my God. And then that's for two businesses. That's for Savvy Agent. And then it's also for my real estate business. It's a lot. And so I was overwhelmed by that facing burnout. And so my solution, a coach suggested this to me and she said, have your VA do it. I'm like, oh, well, you know, sometimes her English, like, you know, sometimes it's just not great because it's second language. And, you know, sometimes you can tell that it's not written by me. And she said, have her use, this is my coach saying, have her use AI. And this was before chat GPT. So I'm like, okay, well, I guess I do have like two AI writers that she could probably use, but gosh, I don't want to have to train her. She's like, my coach says, you don't have to train her. Tell her to figure it out. It is so amazing. Like I did maybe three or four minute loom on one software for her to use. And then if this isn't clear for you, find the help documents and learn it. Now she's going to get paid for the time that she's learning. Of course, everybody wins in this scenario. But for some reason, I was under the misguided impression that I had to do the training for her, which was extra overwhelming for me because I don't want to take the time to do that. And so, you know, the cycle continued, but now we broke the cycle and my VA not only trains herself on the things that needs to be done, but she also provides suggestions on things that need to be done. Just today I was out showing house. I was in my car, of course, reading Slack messages. Like I'm a menace on the road. I'm telling you do as I say, not as I do, and don't be reading Slack or sending videos like, I'm sure every realtor does all of these things, but I should probably quit confessing all of my bad driving habits. But anyway, she sent me a suggestion and she says, Heather, I was thinking. And then she didn't tell me what she's thinking about. And I'm like, oh my God, she is going to quit. I can't believe this, the suspense, it was killing me. (laughs) So I you know, then had a little panic attack. What am I gonna do? I can't lose her. And thank you VA for not quitting in that message that you sent me today. And so then she had this really long, message that she had typed out on what she was thinking about. And it was updating one of our social media strategies on making our content last a little bit longer. And I'm like, she's like, can we do this? Yes. First of all, thanks for not quitting. And second of all, you're the boss. I do not give a shit about any of this. You are in charge of it. Yes, we can do what you want. That absolutely makes sense. Thank you for running it past me. Go with it. And that is because I am not limiting her. I empowered her. And that is hard to describe in one sentence about how that is a boundary that I set. But the boundary is actually releasing myself from that approval process and from the rigid idea that all of the work has to be done by me. That's just not true, especially now that we have chat GPT she goes into that program and it's perfect. I rarely ever have to edit anything. So I would recommend if you're getting in your own way with your staff, getting the work done for you, you should stop that. Release yourself, create the boundary that you no longer get involved in their job. You just manage them and you help them become better at their job by letting them do their job what a gift that you are helping them increase their own knowledge and their skills by letting them do the job that you're paying them to do. Amazing, right? So those are three ideas that I have on creating boundaries. And hopefully that inspires you to identify and then create and then execute, which is the hardest part of this executing on those boundaries that you set for yourself. And don't be afraid to use technology to help you save time. If you need to set a boundary that you don't take calls after eight o'clock, why, why do you have to take a call at eight o'clock at night? Why can't that wait until tomorrow at eight o'clock in the morning? So use your phone and program it to go on to do not disturb at eight o'clock at night. And then tell your buyers, tell your sellers, Hey guys, in the event that you need me after eight o'clock, you can call me, you can text me, you can email me. But just so you know, I stop all business at eight o'clock at night because that's when family time starts. Even I just have a husband and a dog, but we still get family time and it's none of their business what I'm doing with family time. It is my time. God damn it. They can have the other 12 hours of the day. The next 12 belong to me and it's none of theirs. So use that technology by turning on do not disturb and what other technologies I use the bedtime setting and actually my husband set it up for me. So I kind of don't really know how to do it. But now at 1015, my phone just sort of goes into lockdown where even if it's on do not disturb, it used to be where you could still see text messages or notifications from apps come up. But when it's in bedtime mode, then it doesn't light up for anything. It kind of goes dark. And I really like that, even though sometimes I miss messages, but I really like that because then I can actually get prepared for bed. So that is a good idea of using technology in your favor. Like chat GPT is another technology mentioned motion, Calendly, like things that are going to help you save time, be more efficient and hopefully avoid burnout. But really the key to avoiding burnout with your goals is setting boundaries and not just setting the boundaries, but following through with the boundaries because you're just doing it to protect yourself. Because the better you are, the more you take care of yourself, the better you're going to be at your business, taking care of your clients. And therefore that's going to result in a better experience for them, better reviews for you, more business down the road, but all within your boundaries. And we all lived happily ever after. Maybe that makes it sound just a little bit easier than what it is in real life, but hopefully this episode has reminded you, you don't have to do everything 24 seven. It's okay to have boundaries. And as a matter of fact, you should set them. So stop listening right now and go set some boundaries and clean up what's going on. So you absolutely avoid burnout in this next, which is sure to be crazy real estate season. I'll talk to you soon.